Look, 3030. There appears to be a burning building over there, but we can't seem to get to it. There's too much debris in the way. Oh, I got just the thing for this. Oh, good old Sarah Jane. No, my friend. We might hurt the occupants inside. I'm afraid, as distasteful as it is, there's only one thing to do. We're going to have to put the fire out at a distance. But, to be honest, I lack liquids of any kind except that which I hold in my body. Uh, Brave Star, I really think I can, you know, just just shoot it and all the fire will blast away. Leave this to me, my friend. Uh, you've, You've never steered me wrong before, but... Very well, stand back. Dick of the horse. horse. What? <laughs> oh, well, you see, I, I need to get quite a bit of range in order to make the arc correct such that we can put out this fire. Oh, so yeah. I'm going no, to that's... summon the powers of... What, is there a problem? No, you're, uh, you know, that's, that's some quick thinking there. But, uh, mm. you know, I'm already a horse. Oh, I'm, goodness. I so, I'm sorry, I, I didn't think of how... Awkward this might be for you. Yeah, because you know what? You, my, are you prejudiced? saying mine's not big enough? No, I. Are you appropriating it, my horse dick? Of course not. I, of course not, my friend. I would never do such a thing. It's just, I have to use all the facets of the animal kingdom, however I can, in order to save the innocent. Yeah, I, and it's the only, the only thing I can do. I already had a way to fix this. You just want what's mine. I swear to you, I don't. I'm quite happy with my current appendages. So they 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 remark from hilltop to hilltop of my virility. I swear to you, it is just my duty as a lawman. But I can see this is upsetting you quite a bit. You think? I'll tell you what. Let's do it together. Together? As as partners. It is our solemn duty. <laughs> That's the first smart thing you've said all day. Would you like to hold hands? I would. Just have not sure how to get the foley on that. (laughs) Just put it over the intro song. (laughs) Dick of the horse. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, like, for a sketch, like his brother in a different genre who had really shitty animal powers, like nose of the vole. But uh, this works. (laughs) This works fine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I was thinking, like, you know, this this show is from the era where it has a really strong um a strong PSA message at the end of everything like how you shouldn't be insensitive how you should consider your friends feelings mm-hmm. things like that don't whip it out and in I, public and I, I thought that like originally I thought that maybe you would pick up on like that's kind of cultural appropriation <laughs> but no you just turn it into a dick measuring contest and uh, it can be both <laughs> yeah there's nothing there's no rules saying you can't have a horse dick <laughs> there really should be but <laughs> You know, there's the world we live in and the world we wish. <laughs> Judge. <laughs> Judge, your honor. 
Your Honor. JB, I gotta tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do it. Do what? <laughs> tell me. Oh, I thought I thought that you were breaking from character there. No, not I, continuing. I was it. talking to JB. <laughs> I see. The I judge. Saw. Gotcha. Yeah, with her uh with her lightning gavel. <laughs> <laughs> Man, why does everybody have random lightning abilities? Because <laughs> It's fucking the 80s, <laughs> and everything ran on electricity. That's that's true. Mostly the guitars, but also everything else. And those little animations of the animals when he summons them, just little little oh, yellow symbols. it's just symbols. vector graphics. Yeah. I thought I was going to get like summoned. Arkanoid. I was going to get summoned into Tron. <laughs> it's just Tron. Uh, the 80s were quite a time. I'm never quite prepared for them, having not lived in them myself. This is why we have to keep on coming back to these cartoons, Zane. We haven't done one of these in a while. I feel like we lost our immunity. Because this one hit me like a barrel of fun. Okay, so we have to talk about a lot. This whole show. This like, whole I show. need to. We need to... At first glance... Could do a whole podcast on Brave Star, you guys. At first glance, there's not a lot here. <laughs> oh my god, is there so much depth to this show? It's ridiculous. The setting alone in- could <laughs> inspire so much. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Cowboys on Mesa was good, but I felt like its setting was too restrictive. <laughs> what Didn't if? Didn't go far enough. <laughs> yeah, you know how they were like kind of cow like horse people what if they were mm-hmm. cyborg horse people in the future who worshipped a gun <laughs> that's the first also, episode that's a character <laughs> that yeah just one just one character on living on the planet of new texas yeah and then just bring in shaman obi-wan kenobi holy shit ben this show just keeps going and it's, it's we should we should say let's start it let's start it let's Zane. start at the top Hi. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. And this is the podcast where we watch old cartoons to see what, the, what we think of them as adults. I am so flustered because I'm so excited to start talking about <laughs> fucking Brave Star. <laughs> it's the Carton Cast, big partner. Ears of the Wolf, Speech of the Egg. Speech of the Egg. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Because we hit you real fast and then just kind of dribble off. Yeah, and if you think about it, eggs already have kind of a, a pop filter, right? Yeah. What with that shell? They're packing protection. Diaphanous. <laughs> that egg's packing heat. <laughs> that egg's packing heat. That, that, that egg got a big old horse egg. <laughs> I I can't believe that we're go- that we went with that. <laughs> let's <laughs> really let's move on. <laughs> what else could we have gone with? So today we're talking about Brave Star, which Brave Star. in some ways is. Another kind of 80s filmation in the vein of He-Man, you know, came out with a line of toys. Strength of the bear, speed of the puma. But there's a lot else there as well. <laughs> there's there's so much else there that you might be, you could be forgiven for thinking, wow, this show is only else. <laughs> yeah, they really, they really piled up on sides before the entree came. <laughs> Filling up on bread. I <laughs> uh, had too many potatoes. Can't dig into this 72-ounce steak. <laughs> Do you agree with me that this is a 72-ounce 80s show? <laughs> it's real big. Yeah, this everything's is a bigger. Loaded baked potato. So the we there's a there's a bit of production here to Zane. Please explain. tell me about the production because, history of this. Okay, so uh, just a little thing about how I watched this. Yeah, I watched the first episode. You know, a, a while. Uh, you know, like about a week ago. Classic, mm-hmm. pla- classic uh, preparation sort of thing. Yeah, and I was so turned off 
by everything that yep. I waited until yesterday to like, oh, I have to watch a couple more of this thing. You know, I, I already know everything I need to know. And I start watching. Nope. I'm like, oh, my God, there's a lot going on here. And so it turns out, okay, Brave Star ran from 1987 to 1988 launched with a line of action figures and it was produced by filmation which is known for a low budget limited animation uh but you know they boasted all of their arts made in the u.s because they didn't subcontract to other countries where it's easier to get cheaper animation and so you can get you know what looks like higher production values for lower cost yeah and so i have to say there was a film brave star the movie was there it wasn't widely released the first episode is basically a clip show of the movie where they had to cut out a bunch of crap and therefore didn't explain anything, and that's why it's garbage. <laughs> it was the, the first episode of Brave Star? That's right. I, I kind of, like, I also had a, a difficult time digesting the first episode. <laughs> it was like they explained things that were obvious twice and didn't explain anything else. I, I don't know if it's that dissimilar to the rest of the show. I think I just had to get used to it, but we can talk about it later. Yeah. Um, um, the, I, I had a little bit of production that I wanted to bring in. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, so, so as you were saying, it, it was made by Filmation. These are the pe- people who made He-Man. Yeah. Um, the, the original, one of the original founders, Lou Scheimer, is, you know, the you see his name at the beginning of every episode. If you recall, he's the guy who punched out Hitler. Yep, I, I did want to mention that. I also looked in a little bit um, you, when he was, you know, starting filmation a lot of the time they couldn't get enough good voice actors to voice everything which is why he and um his daughter erica voiced a lot of Mm. like side characters for a good number like for most of the first season of he-man and also a lot of brave star you'll see a lot of things attributed to lou scheimer oh interesting because it was pretty low production and they just didn't have the budget for hiring a lot of voice actors yeah i i mean if it works it works plus charlie uh charlie adler's doing a bunch of work oh i wish he could do a little bit less in this one (laughs) he's 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 kind of everywhere they just kind of put a filter on him for like an evil filter I'm I'm fine with him in most places, except for you know the uh, the dozer that he plays. Oh man, the de- deputy dozer. Yeah. So there are these uh, prairie people. Hang on, we didn't start. Well, did we? N- no, but this is <laughs> important to mention. Sure. There's prairie people, and they're these sort of like, like you say, dozers, just like these short buck tooth mole people, kind of. Then yeah. they were going to get their own spinoff show called Bravo. That doesn't sound right. I know, and yet there are it is. Are they supposed to be? Are they supposed to be Chinese or what? Okay, we are going to have to talk a lot about ra- racial stereotypes as well. Yeah, because because there's many types that the there's many stereotypes, the racial stereotypes in this show, and many of them are weirdly acceptable. <laughs> like, like because it's not, it's that weird middle period where they understood like that they needed diversity, but didn't understand. They didn't know what it meant. <laughs> yeah, they're like. Oh, uh, okay. Cause, you know, this was the same era as like Aladdin, or a little before yeah. Aladdin. Like, oh, we we want to be, you know, nice to, you know, Asian cultures. Let's just literally chop out Bruce Lee from a movie, put him here, and like, yeah, get some American person to voice act him. That's that counts as diversity, right? I don't have yeah. to change anything and about like, this to make it like the main appropriate. the main character, Brave Star, and his mentor figure, the shaman, are Native wow. American, and. You know, the Native Americans, 
many diverse peoples with their own history and culture who, mm-hmm. you know, were genocided a bit. Um, yes. It kind of works better in this show if you just kind of ignore that. You you are better off ignoring it because Bravestar is like barely Native American. Like at least they do the work of making him obviously of Native American descent. Yeah. Even though he does look he's he's talking like a Texan it the doesn't, entire time. But and but they also have the shaman and it kinda doesn't move beyond <laughs> it's an intense problem. <laughs> it doesn't move beyond stereotypes. It really does. Um it, it's just sort of of that era and they definitely could have tried harder with this. I think they were going for like we need all of the classic western tropes here. We can only change so much. So they they make it look more sci-fi cuz it's in the future, but they're not pushing yeah. any envelopes in terms of actual representation. I think that during these sirens, I should uh maybe explain the plot a little bit. Sure. Uh because it does bear mentioning um this is a futuristic world not unlike the world of treasure planet wherein there's sort of an anachronism between old old kind of 1800s technology a lot of a lot of boats and and steam and things like that and then also lasers and 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 spaceships and the like um we follow the adventures of a lawman brave star as he tries to protect a colony on the planet of new texas now, this colony is mining ore, which is supposed to be some sort of, you know, spice. It's carry must flow. No, it's like an energy source. Super... It's like oil. Right, right. But it, it's, a, it's a depleted resource that makes this a hot spot for bandits to mm-hmm. try to come in and take. It's, it's very clearly oil or gold or whatever other Western trope that you want to have bandits come in to try to um, profit off of people just trying to, you know, create lives for themselves in this frontier. And Bravestar is the response to it. Uh, the tagline of Bravestar, which I, I want to bring up because it's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. I can't is, believe it didn't come up in like the like the intro theme because they it, had time. I expected it to, but uh, the tagline for this show is, It was the toughest of planets. They needed a thousand lawmen. They got one. He was enough. Mm. <laughs> it's got a nice laconic feel to it. Because Bravestar is kind of awesome as a character (laughs) he's amazing this is like i want he should have i wish i was exposed to this earlier he's very he should be a role model for every person yeah like imagine if he-man was just as strong just as you know just as big of a hard-on for justice but (laughs) believed in conflict resolution rather than fighting (laughs) hey the thing is justice is secondary to to empathy yeah for Brave Star, Kindness. and that is a huge difference. Um, yeah, I I wish I had this growing up because this is a really good role model to have. This is like all of the best parts of He Man being cool with all of the you know good old boy kind of um, kind of morality stuff of Captain America. Yeah, he's still a you pillar know, of morality, but it's fight. a different pillar. It is. Um, and and I would love to talk about Brave Star more, but the, that's the basic plot. There's some, there's some uh, some bandits trying to make his life bad. There's some weird, you know, 
there's some weird mystical mumbo jumbo about the shaman and his arch rivals, the Stampede, which is a cool name for anything. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, the lore. You know, a, a lot of that doesn't really matter. A lot of it does play like a Cowboys of Moo Mesa mm-hmm. sort of story. The lore is surprisingly deep, and I, you know, I didn't go looking for <laughs> fan fiction, but I could absolutely expect it to be out there. Well, it was one season, but it was, you know, in the 80s, so seasons meant 65 episodes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of stuff here. <laughs> there wasn't a lot going on in the late 80s, if I recall. And, uh, you know, true to that, uh, or, or at least... Fake to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, indicative of the late 80s, not a lot going on. There are a lot of weird offshoot episodes that are not just formulaic. They go in some surprising directions. There's one where, you know, they uh, they refer to the prairie people with like their version of the n-word and have a whole discussion about that oh wow there's um an ambassador who comes in from like the galactic federation and he looks like a weird ostrich and you know he and the local law enforcement uh brave stars buddy have like an uneasy alliance like you get some kind of weird political machinations and when to stick together and when to distrust each other stuff most notably Yep. There was a drug episode. Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't watch all of it, but I, like, wanted to see the infamous part where, like, yes, there's a drug metaphor, this thing called spin, and... It is handled surprisingly well. They kill a kid, right? He dies. Like, he ODs. He do- he ODs by the end of it. It just takes three doses. Brave Star goes up, like, or the, the, ki- the kid's friend goes up, faints, falls off the ladder, 30-30 catches him. Brave Star goes up and just... You know, tell the doc we won't need him. The the, yeah, the yeah. mother cr- starts crying, and he just like pulls his hat down in front of his face because he's John Waning, not showing his emotions. And then at the at the end, the morality, uh, you know, uh, what do they call him? PSA. Yeah, the PSA. He's like, he's listen, standing in front of his grave. Uh, yeah, with a wreath. Like, listen, you could end up like this. Uh huh. They even go so far as to say that at the end of the episode, he's like, well. We couldn't save him, but hopefully some other kid will learn from his his tale. And just like talking directly at the person watching it. This, these were the best PSAs I think I've seen because absolutely. They and do, do you want to know why that is? They do mess up occasionally. <laughs> Sometimes it's muddled. But Brave Star is a likable, effective authority figure. Yes, who you want to be like. That's all it takes. He's not. He's not shoot first, ask questions later. And he's also, like, three-dimensional enough that you actually want to listen to him. He's not just telling you a thing that he feels like he has to so, read off the title card. He believes this stuff. So this is one of my favorite episodes um, was he uh, was helping, you know, fend off some bandits that were uh, taking over this guy's farm. Mm-hmm. And the farmer was just like, yeah, you know, I don't have a lot of workers to help me, you know, farm or defend. And his kid is like, I want to be a, be a marshal. I want to be cool. And Bravestar's like... This kid needs to understand that his dad's job is important. And so when it comes time to, like, smoke out the bandits, he's like, you know, I would get lost in this area. You know the area really well. Can you go take care of the bandits? And, like, just sends him off on a mission, keeps an eye on him, and has 30-30. And, like, the farmer saves 30-30. They escape. Like, and That's now, amazing. And it's so good. And then when they capture the bandits, the bandits are like, well, we wanted to steal his, you know, his sweet water, this like watermelon type thing. He's like, <laughs> yeah, that, that they're can of hooch. And he's like, listen, this farmer needs help growing his crop. You want some of the sweet water. Why don't I go easy on you law wise and you work for him? 
And like, I'm like, wait, this all turned out great. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't lift a finger. Way to go, Jack McCoy. Like, it's, uh, it's really incredible because so much of all of the episodes is about finding a resolution that is not violence. I, I, I was looking at some of the reviews and one of them was like, action packed. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Easy two thirds of the episode is all set up for the, moral, the, the morality tale by the end. There's a little bit of action, but, you know, it's that 80s kind of action where no one actually punches each other. <laughs> the only review I could find was um, from Common Sense Media. Can I, can oh, I read it? I saw the same thing. Go for it. Okay. User De Chavez uh-huh. says, I don't get it. In the intro, the horse is like a man and shoots a gun. Also, they show things kids shouldn't be seeing and way too many drugs. Also, before, when the horse can stand and talk, it looks like he's being struck by lightning. So I'm going to have to rate this one star, even though it's worse than that. The bad guy looks like the Joker and the Grim Reaper combined. All right, he's right on one account here. (laughs) (laughs) That is what the bad guy looks like. Tex Hex. Which is is excellent. Great name. (laughs) It's exactly what you want, like, like evil wizard of Texas. Yeah, parents say one star, kids say four stars. Um, um, I do want to mention yeah. that the inspiration for this show came from Tex Hex. Um, yes. he w- So he was originally going to be used for Filmation's Ghostbusters, which, okay, that's an animated show completely unrelated to the movie. It's based on an earlier show called Ghostbusters involving crime solving and a gorilla. We don't have time for that. <laughs> um, no we do not but lou shimer lou shimer loved tex hex and he's like i want a show that has him in a more central role i don't want him to just be this one-off guy he looks great he looks like so good. The, all the models in this are, are really inspired and, and kind of i mean this is when the merchandising happened right this was after he-man but it was still very much using a lot yeah. of the ethos i i especially making these shows i especially love tex hex's model because you know brave star's got that classic you know buff guy although <laughs> that bright yellow i don't know if that's do- oh it's so good it makes sense because he's in the desert but like on it's, its nice own and flamboyant mm-hmm. um but Tex Hex is like much scrawnier, and it's like, oh, he, this is a sneaky wizard guy who's trying yeah, to bend the wall. Tongue. And he looks like a prospector; like his face is all scraggly and jaded. He might as well have like a hole in a gold tooth. Then I did not expect to like the show. <laughs> I know, me neither. Uh, um, and we'll of we, course we, talk about our favorite episode uh, a bit down the line. <laughs> yeah, yep. I actually, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. It wasn't it wasn't my favorite, but like it's it is fascinating. We have to talk about it we will get to it i think that we need to move along a little bit oh i'm getting i'm getting so worked up and there's i know i know um but yeah i mean let's just starting with the characters the rest will become apparent right oh yeah is there is there anything else you wanted to say in preamble keep in mind that despite what we're gonna say about you know how this character works, this character doesn't work. It's all within the context. We, we do this with 80s shows. It's within the context of shows at the time. We have so, to grade it within its own wheelhouse. It's, it's not We're going working to, on a curve here. It's not going to reach the level of complex characterization that a lot of modern cartoons do, but for the, comparing this versus He-Man, it's no contest. Worlds apart. And, and also, we can extend that, um, that difference in quality to the animation equally well. So just, just be aware yeah. of what that's, what that's going to be like. Yeah, and, he, remembering yeah. that King Arthur and the Knights of Justice came after this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, arguably, arguably had a better theme song, but not by much. I, I don't spend enough time listening to that. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, let's start with Brave Star. 
Yeah, so this is voiced by Pat Fraley, who was also Marshall Moo Montana, so this is kind of his thing. Yeah, and this I looked a little bit up in it. In the original TMNT, uh, played the Krang and also Baxter Stockman. Mm, yeah. So you know, this is this is pretty. He's a veteran in uh, in, in voice acting here. Um, Zane, tell me what you think about Brave Star. My God, <laughs> look at that figure! He is straight out of a romance novel cover. Oh my God, he's always doing this cowboy. Sl- Zane, I tried. His the legs other day. are so far apart. <laughs> It, I tried the other day to do a cowboy slouch. It's surprisingly difficult. You kind of have to, you got to use a lot of core. And I put on a hat and I took my shirt off and tried to do like a slouch that like shows the abs. <laughs> yeah. Yep, just doing my job. <laughs> and it looks like any any book, any girl porn that you find in a supermarket, <laughs> rack. It, it, you, you see this guy constantly on the Harlequin romance novel covers. You are totally right. He's got the greatest slouch. He, his... Just whisking just, you off on his horse. It's not just that he has that pose in the title sequence. It's That's his natural state. He always goes into the arms crossed, leaning against a wall, cool guy thing. Yeah, and and we know that it's because limited animation, they're reusing as many shots as they can. We know, but it's important that they chose for that to be his, That's you his know, default. That's his idle animation. Yeah. That's important to note. He's like it tells you a lot about him. He's like I'm always I'm I'm a symbol of authority and justice. I'm always being watched. Yes, and and it's also like what was He Man's idol animation? Standing. Yeah, he didn't have any. <laughs> he Man stage directions stands beefily. <laughs> I do have to say they got something right from He Man that they injected right into this <laughs> character. That grin. <laughs> that grin. I saw it and I'm like, that oh, it's grin. back. <laughs> <laughs> it's back, but now it's got a 10-gallon hat on top. Oh, my God. It's encroaching. <laughs> yeah, that shit-eating grin is is super good. Um, and, and it's not constant, though. Like, they figured out how to make him frown when a kid died. <laughs> good. <laughs> that dynamic good range. <laughs> good for them. So, and, you know, we, we mentioned how he's so restrained with his uh, fighting, with his powers, because he has superpowers that just, like... Kind of only come up when he really needs them. And he doesn't use them to fight. Not generally. Very rarely. It's all about problem solving. So let's list them off. He's got four superpowers that he tends to use. In in or, in ascending order of use. Yes. We got Ears we got, of the Wolf. We got Ears of the Wolf. Which, like, so in the intro theme, it shows, when it says it, it shows him using it. And I think they display it really well because you get the sense... In, like, two still frames, you get the sense of him whirling around to hit somebody behind him. Nice. I, I hadn't noticed Cause, that. Cause I, only saw him, I only saw him use it once to track down somebody trying to flee a scene. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that does happen. Eyes of the Hawk, which I like quite a bit, you know. He, he's a reconnaissance kind of guy, you know. There's a problem in town. I have to figure out what it is. Let's get an aerial view of this thing. Let's look really far. Like, this is actually... He's actually not the muscle, <laughs> weirdly enough. You know, well, yeah, he has the muscle. He has the strength of the bear. Yeah, but and, he also has restraint. Yeah, and we've talked about similar powers, you know, the enhanced powers in, uh, in our podcast, Empowered. Mm-hmm. Although I don't, I don't think we've covered super hearing. I don't think we have either. Um, I only kind of recognize it from maybe Heroes, and she got killed quickly enough. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, these are four different powers that he uses, oh, yeah, and he doesn't uh, speed use them. Of the Puma. And the speed of the Puma. These are four different powers that he uses. He uses them mostly not to fight. 
This is in stark contrast, and we're just going to contrast He-Man because this was informed by He-Man, and this is so much better than He-Man. <laughs> and I loved He-Man. <laughs> yeah. Zane, I'm crazy about this show. You this have, is you, so good. You have a lot of unresolved feelings toward He-Man, is what I'm Zane, hearing. this show is so good. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's surprising. Not only does he has strength, like He-Man had strength, but He-Man did not use that strength in a problem-solving kind of way. No, and he's not... Like, he's clearly, you know, righteous and good. He doesn't, you know, he, he's not a, he's not the morality police. He does, like, this disappointed dad thing. Toward, he does. Toward, toward the children. <laughs> when he was uh, trying to get the kid to, like, respect his dad, he's like, listen, your father has a, a hard job, and he's defending the people of this land from hunger and thirst and long after all the carrium is gone and the bad guys leave and the lawmen leave, he and people like him will be right here defending against that struggle. And the kid's like, boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. Yeah, he, he's like going into a high school at like New Texas U, New Texas New U. And he's, he's just like, you know, stopping crime is all well and good, but the real heroes of the story are the high school nurse. Now, that's a tough job. Do you, you know, know how that, that refreshing kind of it is that Bravestar absolutely believes that? It's He <laughs> has a really cute earnestness. I have to talk about this. One of his... One of the lines that I that kind of made me love this character was at the end of an episode where he and the ambassador of the new Galactic Federation uh, Marshall Moon, whatever. I, I don't know, remember what the... Let's call them Ambassador. Called. Ambassador, the am- the ambassador to ambassador. Uh, you know he he he'd been given uh, he'd been given Brave Star a lot of shit, and you know Brave Star was kind of like stoic, like that's okay. I'm just doing my job. I don't really you know I don't really mind you you thinking these things about me. And and by the end of the episode, they've done each other a solid. And he says, you know, it takes a lot of courage to like the um the the, the ambassador is <laughs> like. You know, I was wrong about you. I, I shouldn't have made such a snap decision before checking out your credentials and, and seeing how you do business here. And he says, you know, it takes a lot of courage to admit making a mistake. I admire you for that, Ambassador. <laughs> That's it. That's it's, all it was. It's a, like it's a really positive message for our modern time of like, got an enemy? Do them a favor. <laughs> be nice to them. You... Tell them that you admire them for doing the hard stuff. Like it's amazing, oh, brave star! And, you know, and that 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 quote is not unique, but it does the earnestness that you are talking about is played through, and it is informed by his tendency to prefer a role of mediation. He mm-hmm. doesn't want to fight; he wants everyone to play nice. That's why he's the marshal. Now, the unfortunate commentary here is because he is he was he was envisioned as this. Uh, Native American protagonist, I think they wanted to play up the, you know, the noble savage or the, you know, patience and wisdom and otherness, you know, the mysticism angle of it all. And they do. I think the inspiration for Brave Star was misguided. I think the character is really solid. I think I'd agree with that. There, there's something to, you know, the, the, the Native American kind of hokey notions of patience <clears throat> and wisdom, as you had said that sort of does synergize with our notion of following a code as opposed to following the laws. Like, he mm-hmm. he follows his heart, and his heart is in the right place, and it tells him the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a consistent part of his character that is, it's not accidental by the whims of the plot. He doesn't just, 
you know, follow the law blindly. He, he does what he thinks is right. And it works because you believe that he believes it. And that's what makes him a great role model. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to just quote another example here. Sure. The episode where there was a drug addict, uh, there's this drug called Spin. And at the beginning of the episode, we see someone kind of doing a doing an LSD freakout. Um, and he, they have he they have to restrain him. He and thirty thirty kind of like get him, get him restrained. And uh, you know he he shakes Brave Star off, and thirty thirty looks like he's about to lose his his temper. And Brave Star is like, "Don't hurt him. You taking sides? It's not about sides. It's about getting him the help he needs." My goodness! Wow! <laughs> Can you Brave, believe that, Brave Star? You came too early. <laughs> <laughs> we need you now, man. <laughs> A hero for our time. A hero for the marijuana heads. Like, if... That's what if, they call them. If they, you know, in the current superhero mania, if they did a modern retelling of Bravestar and handled it the way they did, like, Black Panther, oh, I would be first in line. This is awesome. I, I want a remake of this show. I want to, I want to see Bravestar in anywhere. The, the thing that I was trying to dis- distance him from He-Man is, you know, one, he tries to resolve conflict, not force a conflict. And two, what does He-Man really fight for? Grayskull? Yeah, just like territory. Territory. What does Bravestar fight for? People. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Could you name any of the people in Grayskull? Some of them don't have names. They're all the heroes. Man-at-arms. Man-at-arms. Well, <laughs> that is his name. I think we've discussed this before. <laughs> and his brother Fisto. And yes. his brother Fisto. Potentially adopted Fisto. <laughs> Um, I do think that we should talk about the shaman. <laughs> Very well. So let's get this out of the way. This is this is where you really can't ignore what they were trying to do and or how hard they fell flat on it. So this is voiced also by Lou Scheimer, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, I don't know how hard they were trying to ride the Native American. This is pretty, this is like the definition of cultural appropriation. Like, no matter how good this character comes out, they are just, they're using every part of the animal. They're taking all of Native American culture. Right. And I don't know what it's like for a Native American person watching this show to see that. Especially, you know, like he's got the headdress, but the feathers are like (laughs) techno feathers. They're techno feathers. He's... You also, know, it's worth mentioning this is not paint and moccasins. And, this is like, not Earth, by the way. The it's worth mentioning. This he's is got New that Texas. Weathered chieftain face that you associate with, you know, Native Americans in movies. Yeah. Have you ever seen his hut? My his, goodness, like Quonset hut, like built into the side of a cliff. It just looks like somebody went to. And the, oh, know, by the way, and the cliff is just like a Mount Rushmore esque, <laughs> like each totem spirit in the form of a totem pole carved into the mountain. But like his his hut looks like somebody went to a Native American kind of like a reservation and like went to the gift shop and just like one of everything please and just <laughs> just made a room out of it. The local like, cigar store. Like I'm taking there's, this. There's quilts and there's like masks on the wall and in no particular order. It, like it looks very. It's so lazy. I don't like. I don't know what else to say about it, but that that it is lazy and. Yes, a product of the time, but even then, I, I have to imagine they knew better. I think I think they just didn't try very hard. They didn't, hard they didn't to try very hard, like... and I don't want to just move on and say, like, let's ignore that, but 
there's not a whole lot else to say about it. To, and to the their, show really works better when you ignore that. <laughs> to to their credit, the character that they are ripping off for cultural, you know, yeah. purposes is not played for gags no, or they're... played as like a goofy kind of sidekick. No, it's like he an is... Obi-Wan figure. He's Obi-Wan. He's he's absolutely without a doubt more powerful than Brave Star, constantly helping him out with magic. And we also see that he cares about New Texas. Yeah, and and they use the racial coding to immediately get across the idea that, okay, this guy is patient and wise. He's a good mentor. He's going to, you know, yes, he'll talk in metaphors a bit to help Brave Star, like, find the true path. Yeah, they give him, a, like, a little Pelswick-style fairy god parenting to, mm-hmm. to get him to the moral. Yeah, and like with Brave Star, if you, you know, it, you're, you shouldn't ignore what they did here. But it's a, it's still a good character. He he is culturally, like he is culturally insensitive. Reed, that's definitely true. But they do make him a person of respect as opposed to a joke. Yeah, and that's that's the most I can say about it. It's not perfect, but it's not as bad as it could be. Which you know, I I don't want to kind of just wash it away with that. But that's really all I can do. <laughs> Not much more to it. Yeah, I'd be. I'd be I will curious. say, Native American, Native American protagonist, like Brave Star being a Native American is is huge. That's amazing. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't move they didn't beyond Tom tokenism this. or stereotypes, but yeah, they, they didn't let samurai whitewash it or anything. Yeah, I'd be. I'd be curious um, to hear you know the opinions of of you know First Nation peoples on this. Yeah, I mean, I can't certainly say like the impact of racism and oh, seeing racism no in you know my pop culture yeah i mean i I don't know what that's like and i mean we've we've talked about this for you know asian american stereotypes we've talked about this for black people but a lot about it for puppets oh yeah but you know those are racial and ethnic codings that appear much more often in culture and we're just much more aware of how to talk about them here it's it's we're not in a lot of ways we're not well equipped to to have this conversation yeah well i mean and 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 this is our attempt to not just say like let's ignore this in a weird way i almost feel like native americans are not generally portrayed in that kind of you know redskins tokenism kind of way like the you know the hollering and the the headdress like we found in five goes west i actually feel like a lot of the time they are played up as tragic figures yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of examples. You know, there's Five Goes West. There's Peter Pan. I, I don't. There's old westerns. I don't there's think a, like Bug Bunny for days. I don't think it's ever really been done well. <laughs> this Maybe is not. this is, of of the, at the time. This was probably the best it got. It absolutely was the best it got, which is why I think that it's like important to call it out for trying to do it better, if not right. Yeah, but they really didn't try very hard. So <laughs> you know. Uh, let's move on to the robo horse. Yeah, let, let's get off our high horse and onto our uh, our techno horse. Techno horse. My God, who came up with this? <laughs> this is fascinating. What a creative process must have gone into this. So. I have a <laughs> man. I have a um, I have a I have a uh, an article up on denofgeek.com, which I guess I'll put in the show notes. Classic geek cartoons revisited. Brave Star. And one of the things they say is that 3030, which is the Techno Horse's name, stands out from the crowd, partly for his equine features, partly for his foreigner-inspired haircut, which I looked up. I'm pretty sure they're talking about Kelly Hansen. (laughs) And partly for his ridiculous-sized gun, Sarah Jane. He's 
what a mishmash of nonsense this character is. <laughs> yeah, so uh, his name is 3030, which is a reference to the 3030 Winchester, which is a rifle cartridge. It is. Uh, it's voiced by Ed Gilbert, who voiced uh, Baloo in Tailspin, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so 3030 is the last of a race of equestroids, which are horse cyborgs. He yeah. is the sole survivor. He carries the holy item of his people. He calls it Sarah Jane. Oh my God! Does he ever have a phallic relationship with that thing? <laughs> I uh, I need to I need to send you something. He just whinnies and strokes her. It's it's really. I, I need to I need to I need to send you a quick. Uh, oh please. A quick image because uh, I don't think that we're gonna get across how amazing this is. I always worry about the images you're gonna send me. I think you're gonna like this one. This sort of Damocles just hanging above my <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> I think you're gonna like this sort of Damocles. There you go. Let me know when you get this. Okay. It's loading. Ooh. Because, like, like, you might not think Robo Horse with a big gun and and big 80s metal hair, which, yes, it is. You might not think, that's awesome. Uh, (laughs) It's great. (laughs) And I'll put up the image in the show notes because everyone should see this. He... Yeah, it, he looks like just a rock musician, but the the guitar is a gun and his face is a horse. It's <laughs> it's so good. Like it's oh, it's even captured. Have you ever met Sarah Jane? God, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I almost wonder if this is like an inspiration for Jane from Firefly. I I got the I got that vibe from him. I was thinking like this guy's Jane and Brave Star is like name, he even calls his gun a name. <laughs> yeah, and Brave Star is like. A much more reasonable Malcolm Reynolds. He's Malcolm Reynolds if he was Captain America. Yeah, that's that's not bad. <laughs> Captain the real America, am I right? You're probably right. <laughs> um, so he is a foil to Brave Star. He, he is. is much more trigger happy. Yeah, he's a hothead, and, and that does get played up. Yeah, <laughs> there's this weird thing in the first episode which. Didn't make first sense. episode was a nightmare. <laughs> it didn't make sense. I watched it was... that with Ethan, and we were both like, the first thing that they're doing is showing me this cyber horse whinnying <laughs> like no no one should. <laughs> I, it's so weird because they don't explain it, but, he, um, you know, it's a flashback to Bravestar entering the temple of the Equestroids trying to grab the gun, and, and uh, 3030 attacks him. And then later, he literally time travels back to that and does the same goddamn <laughs> thing like an idiot. The, the best part of that was when he travels back to the past in order to gain access to the temple where he meets 3030 he has to talk to like this spirit horse <laughs> like the, their chief who is encased in stone the stone <laughs> breaks apart so he can talk to Bravestar and then when Bravestar's done talking to him he's like oh, I guess I'm going back into my statue and the stone that like broke apart <laughs> reforms around him and just encases him for no reason it is hard to overstate just how jarring and unlike the rest of the series the first episode is <laughs> that being said i didn't dislike it it still had that 80s oh i like, disliked it <laughs> it had that 80s like camp charm that i'm really bought into by this point at looking at 80s cartoons like i have to look for something going back to these this era of cartoondom and the camp is in full effect it's stronger than ever <laughs> it's more shameless than it ever was and i so so i totally latch onto that so but yeah um 30 i i kind of like his uh, relationship with Bravestar because Bravestar is clearly in charge. You know, he's a man of the law. 3030 is just like hanging out. He's also and a so man. 
I yes, <laughs> I like it when he's like, "Oh, okay, you're in charge. I'll just be over here being a horse." Yeah, which I you know I don't like his neighing constantly. I, I understand no. it, but like it doesn't add much for me. I like his hot headedness much better as like a personality trait. Yeah, it's weird that him being a, a robot horse is the least important thing about him. But I think that this is a constant thing when the it informs him when when the physical descriptors of a thing that we encounter is weird enough to need to mention it, but is not the primary thing that we care about. Yeah, I think when does this happen before? I feel it like looks... it happened just last episode because he looks great. And yeah. He's fun to Metal watch. AF. It gets He's, a little boring having him and Brave Star just go back and forth about like butt heads. Sh- should we take the restraint. easy but fast way? You know the the but it might be a little dicier. Or Brave Star's like no. But we as should you do said, as you said, he is an effective foil because it emphasizes how much of mm-hmm. Brave Star's character is exercised restraint when you can. Yeah, it, it just wore on me a bit because they do they do tend to repeat themselves a bit. They do. I do like his dialogue for the most part. Yeah, he's a. Uh, He's a real rough and tumble character. Oh man, it's great. Let me let me cite a line to you. Aside from Brave Star, who speaks very eloquently and like like right into the mic, a lot of other characters like mumble. <laughs> yeah, it, that's true. I, I feel like I didn't get a good audio for the for the cartoon as well. But let let me cite you a line that uh, thirty thirty says, which is um, they're going and trying to round up the 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 drug smugglers or whatever from mm-hmm. the drug episode, and they finally get them on the ropes. Um, and they're gonna, uh, but they're gonna like counterattack Brave Star. But thirty uh, thirty comes up from behind and points his gun at them and is like, "Didn't you hear the man? Or did you need Sarah Jane here to translate for you?" <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's a that is a fucking Western delivery. <laughs> yeah, like they had so much to draw on for inspiration here. They had um, space in Western that always turns out good. Yeah, and <laughs> canceled before its time. Yep. Whoever's listening, if you have the power to do so, bring back Brave Star, please. Bring back Space Westerns. I just, this always does it for me. Mm-hmm. I don't I was know thinking what about, it is. I was, we, we were thinking about checking out The Expanse. I've heard good things. Do you know anything about it? No, what is it? It's described as like a, a little bit darker than Firefly and a bit more uh, overt about the political stuff, but otherwise very, very Space Western kind of thing. I can't imagine that being... I feel like it's lightning in a bottle, you know? Yeah, We're not going to capture the feeling of that again. I, I maintain that I think the only way Firefly could come back and everyone would be happy with it is if they made it animated. Because hmm. then, then, then you wouldn't need to have a time jump. Yeah, I, I don't know how I would feel about that. I can't imagine an animation style that would make me accept not having live actors. Yeah, it's it's like uh, I'm so used to it. It's like live action Shatner to animated Shatner. You lose something. Yeah, you well in the case of Shatner, you lose quite a bit. <laughs> you lose exactly the same thing that you would for Malcolm Reynolds. <laughs> you might you might be right there. Um, I do want to talk about thirty thirty's transformation sequence because this that, cyborg horse can be yes. bipedal or four legged. Te- That's te- an evolutionary te- te- advantage. <laughs> yeah, except and, it's not because he's techno horse. And it's kind of haunting to watch him, like, strike himself with lightning and convulse. What is happening in the spine there? Because it's not nothing. It looks like torture. (laughs) He's just used to it. It just hurts every time, just like Hugh Jackman. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, 
uh, uh, generally positive on 3030. I didn't like him at first because of Luen Yang, but I came out liking him. Mm-hmm. Um, we should mention the, you know, token female character, which is unfortunately how I have to put it. Uh, JB. Yeah, she's the, uh, she's the judge of this local municipality. Um, I didn't see too, too much of her. The episode I saw that focused on her kind of, like, it showed, like, yes, she wants to help everybody rather than strictly carry out the law. Um, but her situation was kind of resolved through dumb luck she's less capable than brave star of doing this these action plots Mm -hmm. she she you know the the spirit is willing but the totem animals are not there yeah she's she has to work she by necessity has more red tape to go through and you can kind of see her like ooh, i really want to help with this problem but i I know that I'm going to have to fill out a lot of paperwork later. <laughs> I actually did not see that much of it. Can you like talk a little bit about that? Because I would have really been into so, seeing kind of her side of things. There was an episode where Tex Hex uh, hypnotized somebody into giving him claim over a valuable deposit. And so t- legally, he was in the right and Bravestar like, quit his job. That's right. I, I remember reading synopsis about this. Uh, you know, and the shaman gives, it was one of the few times when I saw Bravestar, like, really emotional and tense and distraught, and the shaman kind of talked him through it. That's, Um, that's so important, too, because it means that we're, we do have that emotion inside of Bravestar, like, just knowing that it's there Mm -hmm. makes the restraint more palpable, because we can see that it's not just because they only had so many ways to make, you know, Bravestar give a delivery, it's that it was a considered choice that most of the time he has drawn back his emotions because they know he knows that he has to have restraint in this position of power god what a good character this is right uh but jb you know she has to make the ruling and she's like looking around like shrugging her shoulders like yeah the the law's the law here and it's and if he wants to put out an eviction notice on the shaman he can and brave star your job it is your job to evict the shaman <laughs> yeah which is um, very uncomfortable i don't know i feel like and and another one where she was like helping a mining dispute between miners and uh, and farmers, and she was just like, yeah. So I gave the miners um, uh, access to the land so that they could mine, but I also gave it to the farmers so that they could farm. And they don't like each other, but I still like I, the like you said, the spirit is willing, but there's things. something there that's just not connecting for her both to be of these capable. Bureaucratic disputes on the same night. <laughs> it's oh, exactly no. that. <laughs> And it, and it got resolved kind of without her, almost. It's That's a shame, because I, I think that she could have added a lot more than she did. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really like how Bravestar's whole methodology is, you know, when the chips are down, I'll, I'll put up my dukes, but that is the last resort, and I'm going to try to do things properly through the proper channels, and uh, we're only going to kind of force when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And to have her be on that side of things on the proper channel side but you know seeing that sometimes the proper channels either aren't enough or maybe it's better than using things through force i think could have been really additive to the whole story yeah it's unfortunate that like sometimes she rises above but a lot of times the best she can do is just step step out of the way yeah and and that does kind of run counter to brave star narrative of being you know community and trying to push mm-hmm. each other up because a lot of the time he's the ubermensch like he he solves all the problems because he's better <laughs> than everyone else 
<laughs> so it it's a little bit of dissonance with the with the message of the show, mm-hmm. which you know having more of her in there could have definitely helped to to fix. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we should talk about Tex Hex. Yeah, he's sort of portrayed as the central villain, and in the intro, he gets a really nice like cackle. <laughs> he gets a nice cackle, and then he just disappears. <laughs> Yeah, that's his, that, those are his verbs. I'm just like, whoa, did I I actually didn't notice him in the intro for the first like three times I watched the intro. <laughs> and then he's just like there and Move. gone. <laughs> Where did uh, you come voice, from? This is a voice by Charlie Adler. Yeah, he's a uh, you know, he's not the only villain. They they have a like a nice uh, array of them. He's uh, just the one yeah. that really stood out. Clearly they cared assholes. the most about him. He's the Joker to to Bat, Batman kind of thing. Yeah, and the and the Joker to Darkseid, which is his master, his lord and master. All right, I didn't see this. Uh, yeah, you never saw Stampede? No. He's like this bizarre. He's like Hexus, as far as I could tell. He's like this eldritch chaos at the center of New Texas that is telling all the villains what to do. He's like the mastermind. <laughs> I, I, if you take the new out of that sentence, I love the idea of this like elemental evil, and it's just bubbling underneath Texas. <laughs> yeah, that that dark that. That uh, that sweet crude <laughs> that is this eldritch abomination. I guess that is just Hexus. Yeah, it just really is just Hexus. Um, I don't remember how he looks. I was kind of only half watching the episode that I saw him in, but he's sort of pulling the strings, and he's supposed to be the evil counterpart to uh, the shaman. Um, uh, I'm looking. At, oh, he's like some sort of like. He's like a lich. He's like, like a, a skeleton f- lich. Fu Manchu horned dragon. Yeah, he's he's. Although, All sorts of horror nonsense. Uh, whenever we describe a character, just affix the adjective cyborg to to their title because it's there. Like <laughs> it's, you know, I was talking about Treasure Planet. Remember how they had that like thirty seventy rule? That's what we're dealing with here. Like it's mm-hmm. mostly old school, and then it's got some weird gears on it that make it fly through space. Like when Sherlock Holmes shows up, like he replaces his. Whoa, gear. Zane! <laughs> Busting open that can of. of <laughs> Places, like, his, he puts like this uh, techno ear thing over his own ear and that's just how we see him from then on <laughs> it's pretty great uh did you like uh tex hex how do you feel about him he looks good um he looks exactly as you would expect him to um yeah with, he's uh, like sort skeletor of like, or mumra for the most part you know purple big mustache prospector kind of look he, he's like a member of limousine <laughs> He's got that metal hair, and he's got, like, this decayed face. He he looks, he's good old 80s villain nonsense, but, you know, it's a really striking image, and I liked him better than Mumra. Maybe yeah. not as good as Skeletor, Like imagine, Skeletor is so evocative. Like, take Jafar, subtract mm. out all the vizier qualities, and add in bandit qualities. Yeah, and get, rid of, get rid of the pigment. You're pretty close. <laughs> yeah, bleach the pigment out of that guy. And, <laughs> all right, and blue slider are. all the way to the right, yep. green <laughs> all the way to the left. <laughs> Looks good. It's actually true. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like him okay. He looks like a zombie pilgrim. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it, the, that hat, man, it's just a pilgrim hat. <laughs> I don't know how he got here. Because they, they were the ones oppressing the West, right? I like that this villain doesn't have anything deep about him. He's just an asshole. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to steal the, what was the material? Carrium. Yeah, yeah. Named after John Kerry, <laughs> who founded New Texas. After his failed presidential bid. <laughs> yep, yep. We all remember and, this. Yeah, and now after truth after two hundred and fifty years, the you know the chronology, the the, the, <laughs> the sacred texts gets get a little muddled. wet. Yeah, <laughs> somebody spilled some marinara on them, but I think we've got the gist of it. <laughs> I I don't have much more to say about Tex Hex. 
<laughs> Other than that, his name sounds like Tex-Mex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean we didn't need to say that, but... You can't ignore it, though. There's a couple other villains. There's, like, a, a snake lady who's, you know... Oh, yeah. Got a nice serpent sort of... Yeah. S- there's kinda, some, uh, there's some dingo bandits. Her. Yeah, there's a smoker. There's a smoker to teach you that smoking's bad. Is there a toker? There, there, there's a space cowboy, certainly. So <laughs> there, there are many. I actually didn't realize that the the song for that the title for that song is not the space cowboy. What is it? It is the Joker. Oh, so he is a Joker. Yeah, I actually I haven't edited the last episode, but I actually have to add that into the show notes. <laughs> it came up. Yeah, I don't remember when, but it was there. If if we didn't have like an audio record of I know it sounds stupid to say if we didn't have an audio record of these things I would have no idea what we've talked about. Fascinating. Yeah, I I really like the notes that I come up with during during recording. Uh, by the way, everyone, the Cartoni Awards are coming up soon, and I think best show notes should be a category. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about the Cartoni Awards. Uh, we might have to do like best space cowboy or something there's quite a few we'll we'll, we'll see that'll be we our do. five year like entire thing retrospective we should we should do that cartoon has gotta awards. gotta get a gotta get his hat in the ring yeah we should do that but uh in any case uh i'm done with character i guess there's that like the prairie people yeah we they're... talked about them a little bit but they have kind of a <laughs> spokesperson uh marshall i'm keep on calling marshall Moon montana um brave star has deputized one of their one of their own, kind of, you know, as a outreach program. Yeah, you know, you deputized. invade a foreign planet, you spread democracy and American values, and then you you train their own force so that you don't have to risk your own guys. Yeah, it's the Native American man's burden. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's not as bad as all that, but uh, it is kind of in that. It's a weird manifest destiny because these has, are clearly second class citizens. Yes, they're <laughs> clearly half elves. Like they don't <laughs> matter quite as much. Not the least of which is because they look real derpy. Yeah, they're and are like half the height of people. The buck teeth, buck teeth are never good. I'm I, gonna say I yeah, can't think of a single time where there was a good choice. Good now, <laughs> unless you are like an anthropomorphic like creature, and the creature had buck teeth, like some sort of buck rat. But I, I don't, I don't think that's even true. Then, like uh, Sandy Cheeks from SpongeBob didn't look good with those buck teeth. All right, buck rat is not a word. Yeah, buck rat is. Certainly sounds like a, a they, they had that episode uh, where they basically had their version of the N word for these these people. <laughs> was it Buck Rat? Should, it was should, no. Should it we was, bleep that out for me? No, it was it was like it made me think of uh, District Nine. They called them critters. <laughs> oh yeah, which is real dehumanizing. Mm. Um, not that I mean I sort of get why they want to treat them as second class citizens because Charlie Adler voices the deputy and boy oh boy is that hard to listen to. <laughs> it's hard to take him seriously in a lot of roles cuz yeah. he's got that he's got that nasaliness I to mean, him. I mean take Jammit or Buster Bunny and just get it more nasally and like increase the pitch by 200% and it that's works, where we are. It works for Tex Hex cuz he's got that raspiness. It seems like he's been working in the mines and has a bit of the black lung. Yeah, this this one is like I don't know. For what? For some reason, like you know the chipmunks. You know, like somebody tries to do uh, an impression of the chipmunks without helium. Right, right. Or foamy from those old bad cartoons. I'm gonna get this on record right now. I have always wanted to name a dog foamy. Why? 
I just foaming at the mouth. You want them? You want to consider them as having potentially having rabies? No, I just think it's a really cute name for a dog. Like the aesthetics of the word sound great. I want dogs named Foamy. I recommend that you look up the old Foamy cartoons before you make that decision because I have some very negative connotations with that thing. I'm gonna name them Foamy and Arson. Is that who that is? I just like Arson as a name. Oh, Arson boy! Oh, this is that squirrel who looks like he's from Invader Zim. Yes, yes, it does. Oh, he's and a problem. Just, it's I feel like Gert took, you know, lessons from him because he's pretty bad. Ooh, there's a lot of deviant art here. If you listened, yeah, this was pretty popular for a while. But if you listen to his voice, it's 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 pretty Charlie Adler stuff. Which isn't to disparage Charlie Adler. This was just a bad place to put him because he is very irritating sounding. Oh, Foamy the Squirrel is on record against Ebola. He he just says fuck Ebola. That's that's good. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty, you know, high limbo bar, as I would say. Classic Ben doesn't understand metaphors segments. Oh, Man, Zane's this, lost. This I can Google. see his eyes are glazing over in a Wikipedia hole. This Google image search is not answering any of my questions. <laughs> is it giving you some new questions or perhaps urges? I just don't want to know anything about this. Yep. <laughs> So don't name your dog that. Name your dog 3030 or Brave Star. Oh, you know what? It looks like Freakazoid had a, a pet named Foamy the Freaka Dog. So it's but back I think on. That was because of, I think that was because of rabies, if I'm not mistaken. Also, when uh, are we doing Freakazoid? All right, I'm out of, I'm out of that hole. I feel like it's on you to bring up Freakazoid at some point. Oh, it definitely is. It's down the pipe. It's going to be a while. Yeah, it could be a while. Let's, uh, let's get back to it. So, yeah. New Texas. Do you want to cover this one? Because I love the setting. Like, it really does look like a western town in space. It's nice and ramshackle, and there's, there's some steam technology. It's good anachronism here. There's three suns. There's a... Yeah, this is you know. nice sci-fi. Yeah, it's 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 pretty strong. There's a lot of... And it does of... my favorite thing in sci-fi, which is never explain where the, we are. Yeah, we have Don't no idea. <laughs> there's, there's definitely depth here, and... You know, I've, I'm telling you, I've never wanted fanfic of something so bad. <laughs> Zane, I, I, I've been looking up a bunch of images of 3030 and Brave Star. That's where I got that image that I sent you. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of good deviant art for this. And oh, I know yeah. that's got a... Oh, yeah, just back-to-back badasses. Like, they're about to take on an entire, like, armada. It oh, looks good. It I'm, looks gla- good, good, I'm good. glazing over again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would I would take this in any form, but uh, aside from those two, what do you think about New Texas? It's, you know, so I've said this about Star Wars um, before, how in Star Wars there's this fascinating universe. People have really fleshed it out. Um, you know, there's some great video games that really explore, like, the side stories. Um, yeah. And the side stories are really what make it interesting. This feels like a side story in a much larger adventure. Like, it does. Tell, tell me all about how the Earth colonized other planets with clearly there's been native inhabitants there already in, like you said, you know, what is apparently the Native American man's burden. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a Native American man on every planet and like all the shamans are like the Green Lantern Corps keeping watch over the universe or something. Ooh, Ben! <laughs> I can't tell if that's a really good or a really bad idea. But oh, it's it an absolutely terrible idea. Um, it's, yeah, but the... It, it, there's... You're right. It feels like a small part of the much larger story because we have a new planet and there's interplanetary travel and saying... I don't know if you looked at the Wikipedia page for Brave Star at all. There is a whole section 
for alien and human species and it's like 15 entries long yeah i love it when they're not just like this is the planet of dwarves <laughs> it reminded me of uh, a sci-fi novel by Werner vinge um oh god yeah which was uh what was it called fire upon the deep fire upon the deep that's right oh that was a hard one to get through ben <laughs> it's tricky but there is so much going on there and there's so many really cool inventive species and that's exactly what they did oh here. like the uh like the dog hive mind that adds <gasps> syllables to the its times, names yeah. and like when one dog gets killed off it shortens its name and then gets new one yeah 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 and, and that, then, that is like that's like four pages of a 600 page book and they're all like that but it's so hard to follow <laughs> it is hard to follow but it's all like it's worth I mean, it just bespeaks an imagination, a scale of imagination that I can scarcely comprehend. Like, I'm trying to write a thing now that's a standard fantasy setting, and I'm struggling. Like, for the to, listener, to build a world from the ground up and have the, that be a world that is part of a galactic federation and have it all make sense and never explore the galactic federation <laughs> side of it. But it feels Good consistent. Night. It feels like there's logic there. It does feel consistent. I want a D&D campaign. Uh, for the listener, Fire Upon the Deep is kind of the story of a guy who was taken from Earth and launched into space and had to acclimate himself to space culture and, like, future tech, and then that happens to him, like, two or three more times. <laughs> it's, you're, you're being reductive because you have to with that, but, uh, I mean, it's, I recommend reading it, if only because it's very inventive sci-fi. If you need to get good ideas of your own, it's a good wellspring. <laughs> it really is. I feel like a lot of them have not been explored well. Like Hive Mind, you get like Zerg or, you know, the Borg or anything like that. Some insect race. We don't care. The Borg. Give me yeah. some wolves. Give me some wolf hive minds. And that fits because, you know, the wolf pack. But we are no longer talking about Brave Star, and I think that's a mistake. <laughs> that is absolutely a mistake. Because there's talk about, we can still talk about so much here. We can talk about bullshit during like, you know... I don't know, like, uh... We could have talked about this during American Dragon Jake Long. Oh, my God. We could... Oh, by the way, I did see a uh, sign that said that... I was walking through Penn Campus today, and there was a building called the Huntsman Building. And I took a picture. <laughs> did you tell them about the unfortunate connotations? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that wouldn't be received well. Let me... Okay, let me walk you through it. There's this, there's this, there's this show called American Dragon Jake Long. Sounds Skeptical, bad, it is. I know, but... <laughs> The hardest sell of that show is getting past the title. <laughs> and then you have to sell it again after a couple episodes. Yeah. The easiest sell of this show is talking about the title. Because Brave, Brave Star, Star is great. And it, by the way, Brave Star, there's two R's at the end there. Right. For, which is a metaphor for Roadrunner, right? It's like a... I think, I think it was trying to be inclusive toward, uh, you know, Spanish-speaking countries. <laughs> Brave Star. Brave Star. Or, or, you know what? Spanish-speaking planets. Why not? I'm sure they're there. <laughs> they're probably there. Um. Uh, anyway, where were we? <laughs> I think we we were talking about the setting. Yeah. The, so he, I think we need to talk about this two-parter because it really shows just how strong the setting is that this felt completely fluid, and I only Do realized it. halfway through that they were no longer... This was no longer a Brave Star cartoon. So, yeah, the thing about Brave Star is that it is my favorite Sherlock Holmes property. <laughs> you can tell any story <laughs> in Brave Star, and it fits because nobody cares <laughs> because it's Brave Star, and they haven't done anything with it in twenty years. I mean, it's like it's it's the 
cartoon equivalent of our current political landscape, which is like, okay, you accepted this much. Let's just go a little further. <laughs> just just push it. Just push it. Like you've accepted this much of a carnival in our in our in our society up to this point. So what I want to give what is I too give, far. I want to give the best two sentence synopsis. Give it. Zane, this is your time. We have a two-part episode where Sherlock Holmes, yes, the Sherlock Holmes, shows up and becomes a lightning wizard. (laughs) While Professor Moriarty, who put himself into suspended animation and looks like a zombie, kidnaps a star child and uses the power just a star child. Uses the power of rock and roll at the Eiffel Tower to control the minds of everyone on Earth. Bravestar barely shows up in this two-parter. It was a stealth, like, spinoff they wanted to do, but then it gets better. They um, they didn't have the money because Filmation was going out of business. They sold the rights to this idea to L'Oreal, the shampoo <laughs> people. No more and tears. And they just dropped it. <laughs> and it then, actually did and get resurrected. Ten years as later. Idea. Yeah, ten years later. A completely unrelated thing. This dude said, like, yeah, you know, I was skiing in Aspen in 1996, and I was like, what if Sherlock Holmes was in the future? And it no. has nothing to do with this. No, you watched Brave Star, and you were waiting for the statute of limitations to run out so you could make <laughs> Seven your own years. Show. Yeah. And and I looked at the intro to that show, Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd Century. Not good. No, it, it doesn't look very good. But uh, I'm but, very <laughs> But happy. this two-parter is very good. It just, it's... It bespeaks a freedom of this the, this era of cartoondom. They have disrobed their inhibitions. Yeah, and like, I'm glad they did it, even though I didn't really think that the episode was that good. Intro. Because you see Brave Star. You see all this Brave Star stuff. They say his name like eight times. And then we just watch Sherlock Holmes for 15 minutes. Cut to London, 1880-something. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes is fighting Moriarty on the Reichenbach Falls. He falls off, gets sucked into the waterfall, and lands in the future where, uh, like, a fat British alien named Whitson is taking care of him. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best, like, stealth spinoff I've ever seen. Oh, my God. It's... <laughs> what Sherlock Holmes gained lightning powers and a, a newspaper. They haven't updated newspapers in 300 years, by the way. A newspaper I, I falls back from that. the future... To the past where Moriarty finds it, and he's like, aha, this cri- this uh, star freighter is going to stall in the future. I'm going to build suspended animation pod, and then while it's stalled, I'm going to steal it, and I know before anyone else that it's going to stall, and it just keeps going. It's <laughs> And Brave Star does show up. He's like, yeah, we lost track of a kid. Yeah, there oh, he again. is. <laughs> dude, again. They, they're like, dude, you're out of your jurisdiction. And he's like, I'm not out of my jurisdiction because I don't care about the freighter. I care about the lost kid who needs my help. Yes. <laughs> Everyone else shit. is trying to solve this crime. He's like, this kid needs his family. Fuck my brain. This character's so good. Huh. Um, yeah. I, every opportunity I have to point it out, I'm just going to keep doing it. Because <laughs> I need to really impress you guys with how much this character is amazing. Um, I wanted to transition a little bit into other tone elements that I think I, I do important. just want to say. Yes. I absolutely want, like, if they did a Marvel Cinematic Universe of Bravestar, Lightning Sherlock Holmes would absolutely show up as well. It's just Doctor Fate. Yeah. Well, Doctor Doctor Strange Fate. 
Yeah, Doctor, yeah, Doctor Strange pork. You've met with a strange fate, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've uh, you've met with a strange fate, haven't you? Happy mask salesman. Uh, so yeah, sorry. Uh, tone and setting. I, if I can go off topic for just a second, Majora's I don't mask. see why not. <laughs> just uh, keep pushing. I I just want to say, I think one of my favorite quotes in anything is the thing that the happy mask salesman says whenever you start the three-day cycle again Mm -hmm. which is just he says you've met with a terrible fate haven't you and uh i don't have anywhere to go with this thought but it is one of my favorite quotes and you guys know how much i love quotes it's super ominous it's so ominous and it's got like so much meaning and he's smiling for it so he's like this person knows everything about my life before it's happened this is an oracle from the future And he's not saying something bad is going to happen. He said something bad has happened, and I don't know what it is. (laughs) Yep, yep. Or I do know what it is, but am unwilling to tell you about it. I can't do anything with it. Mm. And he's just smiling for the whole thing. Sorry. I know that's a total tangent. Majora's Mask tangent. Yep. Get ready for him. Every episode from here on out, there's going to be one. (laughs) It's just like... Like, have a let's play for five minutes in each episode? Yes. <laughs> Zane, let's start a new segment, Majora's Mask. <laughs> All right, so you remember Ocarina of Time. Well, he can backflip now. <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> no, 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 he can always backflip. Oh, now he can, he can flip. Yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole new world. That's the, like, the first thing in that game, and it's just to teach you, this isn't your granddad's M- M- Ocarina of Time. And it's like, yeah, it's because it's my Ocarina of Time. This is like two years later. Does not change the functionality at all. <laughs> it's, just, just... it's just more radical. <laughs> In a way, Majora's Mask is kind of... It's the brave star of the Zelda series. It actually kind of is, because it focuses <laughs> on the side plots. And and they can just keep pushing. Anything, no plotline is too weird. <laughs> yep, just like the giants stopping the moon. Just keep pushing Push it. Push it real good. <laughs> Ending theme. Thanks, Salt and Pepper. Yeah. Right? Oh, uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Fun tangent. Uh, all right. I, I wanted to talk a little bit more. I already talked about it some, but it has that light violence in that 80s way. Uh-huh. So when we were talking about He-Man, he had a sword. He never used it like a sword. Right. He had great strength. He rarely punched anyone. He was mostly throwing dudes back. Mm-hmm. Um, in this show, it's a little darker because they do use their firearms. The, the firearms exist. They have to use them. In Cowboys of Mesa, they had pop guns. You know, that would be, you know. I believe he had a a gun that shot a whip. Or sheriff badges or dice. Like, it didn't really matter what it was. It wasn't lethal. It was just irritating. Uh, In this, Sarah Jane, you know, 3030's rifle is a laser rifle that will blast enemies back into a rock cliff, causing, like, rocks Mm -hmm. to fall down. Like, this this is a huge laser thing. But because it's not literally bullets, it's okay. You right. Know? This is the best part of sci-fi kind of censorship is you can have a laser rifle, which is like, whoa, that's deadlier than a pistol, but it just pushes them back, you know, which I think is very, it's sort of like, it reminds me of a uh, Samurai Jack cutting robots in half and having the, the ink that is their, the oil that is their blood kind of, yeah. it, it gets the message across, it gets the, the, uh, the flavor of the scene across without having the lethality that would make the censors pull it. Yeah, it, it teaches you to just change it in your mind rather than having to do it on the page. Yeah, and it, it's just an elegant solution for a very real problem of getting this atmosphere through, which I, I just, I thought that that was very elegant. 
Mm-hmm. It's a good way to do it. And it's not the only place that laser guns have done this, but I, I thought that it was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. His, well, um, his fighting style, like, I think this must have come out partially because of the limited animation. Yeah. One, the fact that he talks rather than fights. Um, yeah, it's a little also, like, when he fights, if he's using Strength of the Bear, you only have to animate one punch, because one punch will do it. Speed of the Puma, you just need to show the blurred, you know, showing him moving from somewhere to somewhere. You don't it's have very, to show complex It's a complex simple movements. animation cycle, too. Yeah. Like, he so, just kind of hunches into a football tackle and just, like, goes at it. You know, I think I think they did a lot with this limited... They combined a limited technique with real creativity to to make something that stood pretty well. Let's let's uh let's keep that in mind because I want to call out a couple of the visual techniques that uh, help mitigate the limitations of the animation. They don't. Yeah. They by don't the way, this was them, this was one of the earliest them. shows to include some computer animation uh, inside of it. I didn't really catch anything specific, but um, maybe maybe like those animal spirits. Yeah, something like that. Just just to save a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, of effort there uh so before we get into that i i did want to tangent away from the amount of violence that they do show to mention again that the majority of it is talking and i wouldn't want any more action than what we get no because the action like, is not that special you put it at the end because once he once he has to raise his fist it's done it, it's build up and climax like it, it's good pacing they're they're establishing the danger of the situation. They're showing the morality tale that they're going to try to finish by the end of the episode, and then they have a com- climactic confrontation, and then the PSA at the end. It's actually a very smooth rise and fall. Yeah, I think they actually put more into the the falling action, the resolution, than a lot of a lot of shows would, which would go right from climax to end. What you have instead, like a uh, they like clean up the, afterwards with the farmer episode. You know, he he says like oh my god dad you're you're safe i didn't realize you were such a badass and then brave star goes off in 30 30 like well well why didn't you come and save me and he's like oh you know i would have gotten lost he's like you and he's like well you snake in the grass you know wink wink and then you know dismount onto that um psa right yeah well i I just that that's actually really impressive you know the the they they stay to clean up you know they mm-hmm. say that, that once they're done using the communal kitchen, they, they clean up their, their pots and pans before the next person has to use it. It's very considerate. It works narratively, and it also, you know, it, it makes the space feel more real because it you does. have to see them get out of situations it as gives, well as into them. It gives each of these these uh, situations a sense of consequence that I don't feel like happens in, in many 80s cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get a drink real quick. Sure. Go for it. Hi, everybody. In today's adventure, it took some help from all of us to defeat the Bronco Tank. Sometimes working together is the best way to get something done. It's called cooperation. If you're on a sports team, you know how important working together is. But it's also important to cooperate with others when you're working on a class project or just doing your chores around the house. See what I mean? You got there, Sweetwater? Yeah, I got a little bit of a little bit of sweet water. God, why tap, don't they just say watermelon? <laughs> tap from your your tanker right there. Zima. I'm running low. I better stock up before the limited release ends. I I, I actually like that they use sweet water. Like it's just it's more sci-fi. It's it's pink and not watermelon. Like it's it's just something else. It's great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about animation. 
Yeah. So, uh, I'll say... Lightning wizards. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this. You know, they, they do have a limit to what they can do. And a lot of it is not action, nor should it be action, as we've already kind of talked about. Mm-hmm. It can have some, but we don't want that to be the focus of the show. Because it's not its strength, really. It does have limited animation, which means there's only so many frames that you can use for punching a dude. Uh, but there's a lot of like little techniques that you, that you had mentioned, like doing strength, the speed of the puma. You have uh, him running super fast, and you know that is carried out through the animation blurring. It's it's you know pretty pretty effective, and uh, I really appreciated these like little vector presentation things whenever he calls <laughs> upon one of his totem animals. I got flashbacks to like '90s GIF rotating clip art things. It was, yeah, it's it's real old school. But it also feels really appropriate. Like yeah, it, because you know, it's it, supposed to be like a like something internal, or, or almost like a constellation. Like, isn't this what the Phantom did when he called upon the strength of ten tigers? I don't. I I think in that, accordance with Jungle Law. It was actually in accordance <laughs> with Jungle Law, as uh, as JB would tell you. The Phantom um, would not have been out of place here. No, he actually seems like he should be in Brave Star. <laughs> uh. It actually is better than in 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 um than with the Phantom because the Phantom had these like neon tiger motifs that just kind of disappeared into him. These have a laser kind of vector graphic almost constellation. I, I think they're kind of like constellations, which kind of gets the Native American mysterious yeah. spiritual mumbo jumbo thing across a little bit, and they animate. Yeah, they 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 move in accordance with their animalia. Yeah, you get the 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 strength the the speed of the puma thing. You'll get a little bit of a roar there, a little jaguar dot wav going, and it's uh, <laughs> you know, it it's it's accompanied by this like little vector graphic presentation of a of a line puma doing a little roar. It's great. Bandwidth of the computer. <laughs> yeah, I wish. It does the dial-up noise. <laughs> ding, ding. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I wanted to mention the uh, color palette. Yes, please. So the you know it's a desert world clearly. Yeah. Um, but the characters all have kind of a, a, a dominant color. Um, you know, thirty thirty's got that gray. It's, He's a cyborg. Uh, yeah. Tex Hex is purple, kind of sickly looking. Um. You know, JB is in that black, you know, kind of jumpsuit thing. Mm-hmm. And Brave Star is this, like, faded orange and yellow. Like, he feels like he is of this land. He feels like he's a god of the sun. <laughs> That's what bit. he feels like. Yeah, like, he belongs on New Texas. Yeah, like, the planet itself birthed him as yeah. as as his, as his their messenger, as their silver surfer. You know, you got you've got like uh, that baseline of yellow, like the like the desert. It's got some oranges and reds, like the sun or like the carrium deposits. Well, everything everything's really striking when you get a new really character. It is really striking. It's especially striking that it doesn't just stop at color. Like these costumes are really detailed. I'm gonna I'm gonna call up a picture of him. Yeah, because his costume. <laughs> Brave- so I I've been typing like Brave Star fan fiction or Brave Star you know this that or the other, and I forgot that I uh, I Google searched 
brave star racist question mark just to you know just to check i wanted a second opinion on this we've said enough about that right and so every time (laughs) ben i don't think there's a way that we could do it right Uh, probably right probably like we could have been more sensitive but this is just how we talk about here we are now but yeah every time i try and type in brave star and like ask something about it that's that just auto completes to (laughs) brave star racist yeah brave star racist with you I, I always love my autocompletes. I, I remember the one for Phineas and Ferb is, why is Phineas and Ferb music suck so bad? Because <laughs> I wanted someone who agreed with me on the internet, and I couldn't find him. Oh, I love this uh, cover of the uh, of the DVD here, where he's got this, like, he's got this weird, like, sci-fi space gun that looks like an automatic hole puncher. Dude, <laughs> but more, it's more important that, that I have... Stance. I do not recognize this gun. I have never seen him use this gun or any gun. Yeah, he doesn't need it. I also love the clip of him and thirty thirty like winking and grinning at each other. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the same thing. And that's oh. that's part of the intro too. They just take a real quick flirty glance to establish their friendship and their male bond. And look at his look at his uh, chest. He's got like this uh, chest plate, this blue thing that looks like armor, except it covers so little. He's clearly just doing it to pin his star on him. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. And also like right above an Avengers logo for no reason. <laughs> he fits anywhere ben like i honestly don't know what's going on with his costume but it's really he's got a big cowboy hat with an antenna sticking out of it it's got an antenna it's got like this sun emblazoned on the top of it it just looks so good and the cowboy hat is such an important part he's wearing long pants but there's a ridge in between so it looks like he's wearing shorts and then the shorts are wearing pants (laughs) god he's so goofy but it works it really does and, and, like, this stance, like, I'm looking at the same cover as you are, I think. This stance of his, he's, like, he's ready to wrestle. Like, he's he's hunched, <laughs> and he's in a wrestler's crouch, and he's like, all right, partner, here we go. <laughs> he's got this great braid in, for his hair. Oh, it's every part of it. Ben, if you're uh, if you just Google searched Brave Star, if you want to scroll down the page a little bit till you see Tex Hex shooting lightning bolts, and he just looks cracked out of his mind. <laughs> I think I saw that a little bit earlier. Uh, I'm giving you a lot of work, but like, honestly, listener, just Google search Brave Star and look at this image page. It's fantastic. It's it's really good. Ooh, um, Lady Brave Star. Yeah, and and you know, I, I since we're already in animation, there's so much of his character get that gets through with these like little. These little Hang flourishes on. during the episode. There is a pig wearing a Confederate soldier's uniform. <laughs> Same focus here. We can't. <laughs> we can't talk about all of it. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. So like I was saying, there's a there's these little animation details that the that his costume kind of articulates. So like specifically his hat is what I'm talking about right now. You might have noticed this when, like, somebody's oh, talking no, to him and he is weird. lounging. Sorry, you were saying. When someone's talking to him and he's, like, lounging against the wall, and then it's his turn to talk, he'll be, like, he'll be, like, he'll, like, raise his, his hat with, like, one finger mm-hmm. and, like, be, like, well, I guess we gotta do what we gotta do. You know, it, it it's always, <laughs> like, the... He always has like that Clint Eastwood or or John Wayne sort of um, affectation yeah. about him. Like no anger about it, no tiredness. He's just like recognition of the job. Job time. This is where we're <laughs> he's at. good at it. Yeah, but I I just do love that little flourish where he's like just raises his hat by an inch just so that you can see his eyes. And again, just comparing to He Man, you know what was that? 
it was just Technicolor madness. And I did love He Man's constant flexing. Well. <laughs> okay, He Man's costume is an exception to the rule. <laughs> I like Brave Stars better. I think actually, uh, it is really incongruous, but for some reason, it looks like it works. It's riding that rare, like silly but stylish line that I don't know how to I couldn't create it in a vacuum like I I I don't know the ingredients that go into making that I think it's that earnestness I think they really sell that he's that's just how he is how do you feel <laughs> like he's, about this? he's living in an idealist 50s yeah kind of thing. yeah how do you feel about this logo the uh that star with like the lines coming out of it I mean I don't quite get it like it's like a First off, it's a six-pointed star, which is supposed to be a sheriff's badge. Yes, mm. I keep on seeing it as like a Star of David because it's yeah. yellow and he's just wearing it around. <laughs> is the Star of David supposed to be yellow? Uh, No, that was the Nazi uh, thing that they put on them. Oh, great. Uh, No, yeah, this one's a sheriff badge. It is... Uh... I, I, I know that, but it always threw me. <laughs> okay. I, I won't take that away from you. I'm not going to try to... Try to um, gentile Listen, we can be you. insensitive to a lot of cultures here. Yeah. Well, if we do, if we hit them all, maybe it'll all cancel out. <laughs> yeah, bingo. What actually happens is uh, all the diseases tried to come in at once and get crammed in the veins. <laughs> ow, ow, move it. <laughs> My goodness. Simpsons reference. Uh, even if there weren't a million podcasts looking at the Simpsons, we still couldn't do it because <laughs> no. I just don't think we're that good. <laughs> <laughs> we're certainly not that good. We're looking at Brave Star. <laughs> brave star i'm hitting brave star right in uh, it brave star is sniping me between the eyes from 300 yards that's it's brave star man he, they got us good man i don't know <laughs> they I have was, no reason I'm, to i'm honestly surprised that you like this i didn't expect you to and i thought I'm, that i would have to convince you ben i'm shocked too <laughs> because i watched that up ep- that first episode and i'm like this is garbage this is terrible the only thing i have to decide is if it's better or worse than he-man and then ben will take care of the rest do you think that it's mostly because of the character of brave star or is the rest of it also hitting you pretty good i think the setting is strong i think brave star is strong i think they did more with the moralizing than they usually did the moralizing think... was very deft and you know Part of it might have been like, okay, yeah, I have a, an episode on and I'm watching it, but I'm also cooking. It's one of those shows where you don't need to take in the details. There's a lot. There's a lot of runtime here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm. I'm probably gonna watch more of it later. Like this is an '80s cartoon, which means like, yes, it is exhausting to get through, but you know, it, I, it is enjoyable in enough ways that I think I might watch more. I, I looked up synopses and I picked a few of them. And then I'm like, okay, I'll start in on a couple, and then, you know, I, do, I probably don't need to watch all of these. And then I was like, I'm going to watch all of them. I want to watch all of these. These all sound <laughs> great. I only was going to watch, like, three, and I ended up watching, like, five, which is a rarity for me these days. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, <laughs> when you when you see, like, drug addiction, um, <laughs> like, legal enforcement on this other world, what are the laws of this other world yeah. like, which I know you love. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes shows up. The like, N-word. <laughs> yeah um, prairie, the prairie folk n-word how is that an episode of this 80s show it's amazing and at one point it slips out like brave star is like those damn critters he doesn't say damn of course but he's like i'm gonna get those critters and you know charlie adler's just being like gosh you're being real mean to me brave star and he's like I'm sorry my friend i didn't mean anything by it i hope you believe me so earnest 
admits that he's wrong. Admits that he's wrong. This is halfway through the episode. This is not the point of the episode. (laughs) No, this is on the way to the point. Oh, my God. I mean, like, and you could do the, you could do the lazy, all love and all righteous, always correct hero thing. But no, they stick to the message and are like, listen, this is hard for real good people to be able to recognize the faults with this terminology. They, and he recognizes it, he apologizes, and he tries to do better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, Ben, let's get this thing back up. I, I Like, honestly, this is the most effective role model that I have ever seen in a show. Mm-hmm. You want to do right by him. <laughs> I don't want him to be disappointed in me. I know, I couldn't handle that. Ah. <sighs> um, one thing that I liked even during that first episode... Mm-hmm when I was real salty on it was the music. And I would like to talk about the audio Please, now. Please, yes. I mean, it's weird because generally there will be a weakness somewhere in the show. I don't feel like this show had a weakness other no, than... It had been. It had many, but they canceled out. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just dated, you know? It is. That's not yeah. really a weakness in and of Again, itself. Again, it's that curve, you know? Yeah. I'm Rick and Morty comes on, I'm going to watch that instead of this. Of course. But, like, grading this alongside the likes of he-man alongside the likes of gi joe it's no contest and and like you know because it's of the time the music uh you know you will get those native american you know pipe sound it's a a bit much well it's time for me to go Next time I come up, I'll bring you some new moccasins. You can get rid of those. No, Brave Star. These moccasins are very precious to me. They remind me of when you were a boy. Why are you wearing my moccasins? Well, you told me that I couldn't really understand someone until I walked in his moccasins. <laughs> so I did. So, it does? so so in the first episode, I'm sorry, I have to it point does this fit. out. <laughs> okay. In the first episode, when Starting we first, off strong. When we first meet the shaman about halfway through the episode, I'm not expecting, you know, <laughs> Brave Star is clearly Native American. I'm like, oh, this is pretty tasteful. I'm not expecting them to just dump me into a bucket of Native American stereotype. And then <laughs> we get there, the fucking flutes start in, there's, you know, his crazy rumpus room that he certainly just bought on eBay wholesale. <laughs> And, like, he's staring into a fire and reading smoke out of it. And he speaks in that stereotypical Native American accent. So much of it at once is just overwhelming. (laughs) It's like they're like, okay, we feel like we need to have this. Let's contain it to this one location. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just localize all of it. And maybe they'll be okay with it. It it feels like he's on a reservation within his own show. The executives want this. Let's just... We didn't know what we were doing. (laughs) I watched this with Ethan, and when it happened, when it, like, five seconds into that scene, I was just like, Jesus, I need to take a break to digest this. So um, I I listened to um, uh, a podcast where they talk about uh, Legion of Superheroes uh, comics. No way. You found one? Yeah, it's called the Legion of Substitute Podcasters, mm, and that's cute. they they have like uh, you know drinking games like when you see the words Cthulhu or like when when <laughs> they're like Dream Girls powers never fail. It's like yeah. oh, take take a drink because yes they do. Yes they will. 
Um, but they also have this uh, like racism bell <laughs> where like because the comics extend all the way back to the 60s, it's going to come up. And every time they see an example, they're like, clang, a lang, a lang. Look at that. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like how in all of these, uh, in our recent, a couple of our recent episodes, we're like calling out earlier works as being like really offensive, like friends being like incredibly homophobic, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, homophobic. I, I really like that we're we're developing this reputation of just like sh- just tossing it all, just tossing out the baby with the bathwater for the past umpteen thousand generations. Because when we like back when we were talking about you know cousin Skeeter and we're like <laughs> the, the, how the primary do primary example, <laughs> and now we're just like let's bring it up. It's it's right there. Yeah, if we made our way through cousin Skeeter, this certainly isn't worse. <laughs> audience you didn't smack us down hard enough <laughs> you should have done a better job um but yeah the audio yes they do you know they do the native american thing they do the western thing you know you get those blazing horns when he's he's being a hero but you also get so like good like it is 80s ish you get the you get like synthesizer woodwinds you yeah get some very per, you get percussive chanting i it like it all works uh, pizzicato strings this setting is so many different settings and they're not just throwing we'll in music, find at some music here what do you want i heard there were some fellas out this way robbing prospectors let's get out of here <laughs> Let's see if that dingo can ride without his robot. No, it, it like really fits and elevates. I wish I could think of specific examples, but I just don't have that vocabulary. It's okay. I mean, like you do feel like you're watching Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Like it does those kind of... It doesn't do the specific theme from Good, Bad, and the Ugly, which is the one no no bow now. Yeah, bow. yeah. If you've ever seen that, by the way, they do that so often. They're like, we guys, we nailed it. This is <laughs> this Western. Is, this is the Doritos of music. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't understand how often they do it. Easily fifty times in that movie. <laughs> there's it's I just cannot a series overstate of how often they bring up that theme. All right, there's two lines of people. It's like an improv game. There's two lines of people. They do that sound. They have a shoot-off. Whoever loses, the next guy in line comes up, and they just repeat for two hours. <laughs> Zane, I actually only recently watched that movie, and I'd like to bring up a thing just because it's, like, fun tangent to do. Please. Uh, so in that movie, you know, you always hear about Clint Eastwood and his famous, like, stare and his, you know... His performance in that is legendary. You know, you, is you it always, all stare? Is it you, all that? I mean, it, it's good. You know, it, it's, it's exactly mode. what you know from pop culture for Good, Bad, and the Ugly. He is not the focus. He's not the best character in that. Really? He just shows up? There, he's just a guy? There, well, no, he's, he's you know, he's deuteragonist, certainly. But I think that the, the, the real, you know, sto- showstopper is uh, this guy named Tuco, who is like this weird comedy like bandit. He's like this kind of swindler uh bandito. Uh Okay. And uh you know the, the way they introduce each of the characters is the good and they show Clint Eastwood and it's got that he's got that glare. When they get to him, it's the ugly and he's bursting out a tavern window, like a saloon window. <laughs> 
holding a drumstick with a really dumb face uh, facial expression because if you ever like it's you know how did when, it like did it like freeze frame it did freeze and, like, frame like tagline over him yep. and he like winks in the midair whole, the whole nine yards <laughs> so this is a good movie then <laughs> it's actually really good i think you'd enjoy it nice but the thing that i, I love camp the thing, i'm all i'm all for camp it's all camp the thing that i want to point out which is like i don't know why i haven't seen this referenced in any other place that character is so funny because he's constantly trying to pretend that he is a good christian in order to like impress his brother or try to get something out of these monks or you know wherever he happens to be he's trying to sell himself as like a a noble person Mm -hmm. and so he'll always say these things like oh no he's like a brother to me you know i pray to the pray to pray to the virgin mary and like he crosses himself but he doesn't know how to do it because he he's not a good christian and he's like he's (laughs) seen it somewhere but he doesn't know what it means so he like just (laughs) kind of kind of makes up what he's doing like he does the cross and then he like throws a couple of flourishes like throwing uh, salt over the shoulder thread the needle and, <laughs> and it's so funny and I, I i really want you to at least watch that because it's amazing that's pretty great yeah so sorry about that um, tangent i know that's wanted great. to I... tell you about it for a while and this is a western <laughs> cartoon yeah they they come up often enough but not often enough i know Um, exactly what you mean the best thing i can say about the audio is you know i every show is gonna have like tension music like Mm -hmm. it's scary now it's cool now it's all that stuff and usually like i'm pretty inoculated to it now Mm -hmm. i've become habituated yes here i could particularly tell like oh this is really effective for not just like the stakes raising music but like stakes raising in this situation music i didn't have to listen for it yeah it was just there it was obvious and it was like effective um you know it's it's pleasantly atmospheric when it's not being tense also so it does have that western feel but it doesn't you know bash you over the head with it it's just it fits really well and that's it that there's nothing more to say about it when we were in (laughs) he-man i feel like it didn't have that much of a range it had the eternia theme which is you know you know that <laughs> we have to have that like i don't know it's gonna they, i'm gonna let you finish but eternia theme was the best music of all time yeah they, they squeezed all the moss out of that horse all of the moss <laughs> <laughs> yeah how do you how do you think horses work man you know this this rolling horse really gathered no moss today <laughs> I, I don't even know where to go with that man i don't have a justification <laughs> those are just the words that came up yeah in, in any um, case, the music, I agree. It's really good. Um, I also like I also like some of the sound effects, but mm. I don't think that they were that good. The one part that I did pick, apa- pick apart was the intro bumper for Filmation. Yeah. When it does the Filmation intro, you know, it writes the word down, and then it does horse hooves, like it's Monty Python or something, and, and then uh, a crack of a whip. whip. Crack. Yeah. Oh, and it just gets you right where you want to be. Yeah, and then uh, the intro starts with, uh, well, like a burning of a mat. It's a, it's a reference to Bonanza, which I haven't seen, but I, I read that that's a reference to it. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make of you. Well, okay, that's not, you know, necessary. I, I, I guess the thing to make of that is they know what their source material is. They understand what they're drawing from. Okay. That's okay. Fair, fair enough.
Um, so it feels like we're starting to wind down. Yes. So I wanted to read, or rather, um, so I I wasn't quite sure what to say about this show at first. Sure. And so I reached out to uh, Gary Lane of the Saturday Morning Rewind. No way! And I was like, Gary, this is your era of cartoons. Educate how am I us. supposed? How am I supposed to feel about Brave Star? Um, and he's, uh, we can cut it in here. He said that he would record a little something. He hasn't had a chance to do it yet, but he wrote me down a little something. So just, as, just assume that it sounds like that. I'll, I'll probably just cut in whatever he says. Yeah, you'll and cut then in that. I'll do our um, responses to it, but I want to hear what he wrote as well. Brave Star was a weird show. Like I remember watching it when I was younger and thinking, man, this is cool. I wish I liked it a little bit more. And then I remember rewatching it a few years back and thinking, man, this is cool. I wish I liked it a little bit more. I think it's pretty neat that they made the main hero a Native American dude. To me, that feels pretty cool and progressive for 1989, but then you go and give him Native spiritual powers and it starts to feel less progressive and more like a mockery of traditional Native culture. And that aspect always kind of felt weird to me. There are just some shows that whenever I rewatch them, I have a hard time. Like, I look at the animation and it's so stiff and it's so rigid. And now that time has moved on and I see how fluid animation can be, it does make it kind of hard to look back with the same fondness before I knew better. Same goes for voice acting. If it's too stiff or rigid, it loses me pretty quickly. A lot of shows from the 80s suffer from that, and I know that was the means at the time, but it's still something that gets on my nerves, like the way that some people get irritated whenever people crunch their vocals, and and things like that, whenever there's awkward and unnatural pauses in normal conversations so that none of the voice actors overlap each other, that kind of drives me crazy. And this show, as I recall from rewatching it, was kind of guilty of that. All of that being said, it's still fun, and the character designs are cool. Like, I love the way the characters look, and I love the basic concept, like a steampunky, science fiction-y Western series. I mean, come on, dude. Blue from Tailspin is a talking robotic stallion. How much cooler can it get than that? I honestly think that this show would have been better if it had been released about five or six years later, because the 80s were largely made to sell toys and teach morals, but in the 90s, you know, shit got kind of weird. Shows got more surrealistic and out there and weird for the sake of being weird, like Animaniacs or Earthworm Jim, as I've discussed on the podcast before. And to me, this feels like it would have perfectly fit in line with some shows of the mid-90s, like 94 or 95, something along those lines. Like some sort of exo-squad, mesa hybridized concept. Just make a fun space western, don't give the Native American hero supernatural powers, and just make it a fun action show with no other agenda. I think that would be cool, but it's too late now. Maybe this show can be rebooted at some point, and it will do better, and people might not react as negatively as they tend to these days towards childhood reboots of cartoons, but I still doubt it. There's probably a subsect of Brave Star fans, and we'd probably find out that they're just as passive-aggressive as DuckTales fans and Thundercats fans, but I'm not here to talk about that. If you guys ever do want to talk about that, I'll be glad to come back and run my mouth for a while, but anyways, them's my thoughts on Brave Star. Thanks for asking for my opinion. I'll just close with saying that Brave Star is a show that maybe more than any other show from the 80s, I wish I loved it more than I do. But there's just something about it that doesn't quite work for me. Yeah, thanks so much, Gary. Um, So I want to just give a brief 
not rebuttal, really. That would be kind of a shitty thing to do. Just try to debate somebody who isn't actively here. But just to respond a little bit to some of the things that you brought up, I think that it's uh, pretty much a lot of what we talked about today is uh, what you covered. You know, the Native American angle is cool if it wasn't so racist. <laughs> um, I recognize that the animation is dated. That tends to bother me a little less than other people, but I can totally see your point. But I am glad that you recognize how cool the models are, because that's that's undoubtedly one of the better parts of this show. I mean, that costume, man. I really want to see some Brave Star cosplay. Um, as far as the voice acting goes, I don't think it bothered me as much as it bothered you, but I may be in the frame of mind where I was just expecting He-Man, and this was better than He-Man, so I wasn't that taken aback by it. I think it's really important to judge these shows in their own weight class, and yes, this show is dated, so we have to give some credence that it's going to be a little lackluster in some of these places. But, you know, I can only speak to my subjective enjoyment. I can't really comment upon anybody else who's coming to it in this day and age saying, hey, you should enjoy this because people back then enjoyed it. I understand it doesn't really work like that. All in all, I think you had a pretty good read on this show, even though Zane and I ended up liking it quite a bit more than you did. Um, in any case, we're also going to listen to your written response as well as uh, some commentary Zane and I made during the episode. So thanks again, Gary. This was great. Proust. Dasvidanya. See you later, Space Cowboy. Uh, Brave Star is definitely an interesting one. I love the character designs and the steampunk setting. does a lot for the overall feel of the show. But there's something about it that doesn't quite work for me, and for that matter, never has. But it does have Ed Gilbert, who's the voice of Baloo in Tailspin, mm -hmm. as a talking robotic horse, so that wins it. Uh, it winnies it. Uh, so that wins it some bonus points by default. It's one of those shows that I've always wished I like more than I actually do. In some ways, I think it might have worked better as a mid-90s cartoon. Hmm. Yeah, so what do you what do you think about that? I'm not sure if it would have worked as a mid '90s cartoon. Um, you know, I feel like mid '90s cartoons started to get pretty grounded. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, He Man and I, th I think he means like They're, like it was a better. I feel like '80s was a better breeding ground for fantasy. It, it was, uh, yeah. The maybe he wanted Brave Star to have a bit more attitude or something. Um, I do recommend like checking back in on Brave Star and looking at it as that sort of like yeah, we're, morality we're morality to, play. We're talking directly to Gary Lane right now. <laughs> if we want Gary, to, listen, listen. Hey, Gary, please watch. Gary, Brave thank Star you so again. much. Thank you so much for offering your opinion on this one. Because absolutely. Yesterday, I had so many opinions. Today, I have so many opinions. Two days ago, I had nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, we got a lot out of. Uh... We got a lot out of our last couple of days of research. I mostly watched it today, and I was transfixed. I couldn't put it down. <laughs> but yeah, Gary, thank you so much. Like, I think that you're right in that it is special and weird, and that's its best part. I think if you were to go back to it and recognize just how exceptional of a protagonist Brave Star is, you would be floored. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you, if you are someone who likes that era of cartoons which you know based on our conversations gary likes them a lot more than we do so mm. it might just be like that difference in aesthetics it, it i think it might have more to do with the fact that we didn't like those ones as as much i think i like 80s cartoons more than you do that's absolutely true <laughs> zane let me ask you this does mm. uh how does this hold up against other 80s cartoons that we've done list me some 80 cartoons all right hang on a second i gotta go through this
I can't look it up on my computer and also talk to you at the same time, so I'm going to go ahead and go to our podcast. Ben, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, Ben, every sentence that I've had since we started this has improved my recollection of Brave Star. Right? <laughs> Just talking about it's great. And yet I can't show it to anyone. No. It's it's damn, it's just damn for shame. Us. Uh Gem and the Holograms? Who? I think it's close. I think the characters were I, I think a couple of characters were really good in both. I don't know. I like the setting here a lot more. Uh Bucky O'Hare. Was that nineties? I think Bucky O'Hare was nine no mm, it was I don't know. It was early nineties if it was nineties. Uh, um you know, it's weird. It feels like Bucky O'Hare was more heavy-handed than this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Bucky O'Hare was the most heavy-handed. Propaganda from day one. I, I guess our main points of reference are probably Thundercats and He-Man. Mm-hmm. So let's just stick to that. Yeah, I think... You know, I, I, I really like the episodes I saw. Maybe it was just a not-representative um, sample. I do like Thundercats quite a bit. <laughs> really? Because I don't think you did when we talked about it. I have to go back and watch it again. I, I have good memories of it, but I think... You know what it was? I think there was a lot of chaff there. In Thundercats? Uh, in, the, in Thundercats. And I think here, like, the establishing shots and the sort of um, slower pace kind of fits it better. Because it's not an action show. The slower pace, the fact that it's not an action show makes it feel more quality. I, I totally agree with that. And, like, lesson... Lesson for people trying to... So uh, Ethan's got a, a nephew, and he's trying to figure out what are some good shows to show him that like aren't that violent and have a good moral to him and are okay to watch. Might I recommend Adventures from the Book of Virtues? <gasps> Teach your children good Christian virtues <laughs> <laughs> from Might talking animals Brave who Star. didn't understand the morals of the stories they brought. Brought? Isn't that the past tense of preach? Is that... Are you reading that from something? No, I'm saying that. You're just saying that. Whole, that sounded pretty good, though. <laughs> Thank you. I have a voice for uh, moralizing. Yeah, I suppose you do. You're like, uh, nope, I didn't have the reference right. I was going to say Mr. Feeney. Um, I'm like Mr. Feeney. Just like Mr. Feeney. <laughs> Remember when he got lightning powers in that episode? <laughs> Remember when he Thrones? made a bet with Eric that Eric couldn't teach better than him and that if Eric lost that he would get his bike? <laughs> I don't remember that, but that's awesome. <laughs> Why did he want his bike? Who who won that bet, pray tell? <laughs> uh, I think they tied. Okay. But, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't remember. Oh, now I gotta put the fucking Boy Meets World plot synopsis <laughs> for when Mr. Feeney bet Eric that he could teach better than him and Giving wanted, a lot of work wanted to win his notes. bike. <laughs> That's okay, I want to do that work. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I think I like the idea of Thundercats. Just, yeah. But the execution here is, I think, I think better. The setting just sells it. I, I would say that the execution of this blows Thundercats and He-Man out of the water. It out. I don't know if it's as iconic, but it's difficult to tell whether that's because we are just used to seeing Thundercats and He-Man in so much. It's different. And when I'm generally dissatisfied with the caliber of the cartoons at the time, different is better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the worst thing that an old cartoon can be is boring. Yeah, um... We can't say enough good stuff about this show, so maybe we should just stop saying stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go watch it. Like, be familiar <laughs> with this. Draw me some deviant art so that I can make a poster of it and hang it above my bed. <laughs> Chrissy got 
pretty mad <laughs> that I liked the show. Really? Because <laughs> she only saw the first episode and it was like, are they still going on? I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> they... <laughs> this is actually amazing. I wish I could write like... this into my wedding vows, but it's too late. <laughs> she's like, is is the shaman still there? I'm like, yeah, okay, yes, the shaman yeah, yes, is the still there. there. He's omnipresent. The sh- he is eternally still, wise. Still a problem. <laughs> but we're not focusing on him. Yeah, we, we have to focus on the good parts. Like, what a good boy. Uh, Brave Star is to his mama. Mama Star. <laughs> Ms. Star. Ms. Star. And, and her Papa son, Brave. Brave. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, let's let's uh, close this out, Zane. Wrap it up. What are we doing next time, Ben? Next time we are going to watch uh, Fantasia um, with uh, some guests who will help us understand how music works. Zane, you have an appreciation for appreciation for music, and I do not. Yeah, this should be interesting because uh, maybe you can just comment on the colors and shapes that we see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that feels like your, your caliber I'll, of comments. I'll cover, I'll cover visuals. And then I'll say something like, ooh, you know, I like oboes. <laughs> and then our guests will do most of the heavy lifting. I, I can only assume that that's what's going to happen. I, I, I can pretend culturedness for two hours. I haven't done it so far, but rest assured I can fake it. And then after that, ooh, it's been, uh, it's been four years, Ben. It's been... Yet's been. Is it time? Uh, so I think it's Is about this time. time again. It's that time again, children. The fourth annual Cartoni Awards are coming at you. Coming at you, number four. And we never <laughs> been this Tony before. Rhyming what the hell is that? Every day. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> I think that I recognize that the last time we did the Cartoni Awards, I gave you some you know, stuff about the Cartoni Awards <laughs> to work into the intro. And I'm like, oh, I haven't done that yet. I better start saying some bullshit. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, audience, if you would like to participate, uh, we accept uh, candidates for categories as well as candidates within those categories. Yeah. Um, this is always fun. You know, you're going to have all your classic uh, categories, but we we do like to rotate some new ones out. So look on back to uh who what was the first one we did this year reboot oh yeah reboot was a real real barrel full of weirdness all the way up through uh fantasia so yeah anything in there yeah and just to remind everyone this is a annual tradition that zane and i do where we have cartoons <laughs> categories that we rank um based on pretty much whatever we feel like so maybe best batman who would win in a fight or which of these was the most racist I've or got most my, Batman. I've got my top picks for the year. But if you <laughs> honestly, have a category, we we would have a good competition this year. <laughs> that's, that's true. We've been hitting a high mark. If you do have a category that you'd like to suggest or vote for, a, like suggest a category and suggest why not nominate Brave Star for it based on these merits. I want to accept those nominations. Arguments. So yeah. please bring them in. We'll announce your name on. Uh, on air and um i hope you guys enjoy us recollecting the past year of the carton cast i think it's been pretty good mm-hmm. so yeah fantasia and then the cartoni awards this is going to be a fun couple of weeks yeah da, 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 da. we got to figure out what's our what our um briefcase noise is going to be for the fourth year oh i think it's going to be ooh gem it was gem and the holograms in it yeah wow <laughs> it feels like it was so long ago i miss it it was. Oh yeah, uh, Brave Star versus Gem. How are you? How are you feeling about that? Mm, yeah, I, I guess I hadn't mentioned. 
I enjoyed watching Brave Star more, but that might just be a, you know, generational thing. That one was a little bit older and a little bit rougher around the edges. Yeah, it's it's a there's a there's the issue of freshness because, you know, like you said, at the time, I didn't want to watch more Thundercats. I kind of want to check out a couple more now. We're we're a little uh, bit more cultured with it now, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it, it grows in this. Oh, no, Ben, are we getting hit with the nostalgia ray? <laughs> Come on down to Nostalgia Ray's Nostalgia Rugs. I was wondering if you were going to think of Ray as a name there. Oh, yeah. You know, if you really want a good, decent price Nostalgia Ray, what you can do is go down to the Norb store and pick them up for cheap. I actually <laughs> hear like they have 10 for a dollar now. Oh, Ben. <laughs> I feel like that's maybe cutting the prices too low. I don't know if there's like a, a trade war going on or a company. Why are you doing this to me? You know, I feel like maybe... There's a, there's a problem with his pricing structure. I, I don't know if he's not doing okay, but Norb could really... Ned, is that who we decided ran the Norb store? <laughs> I can't believe this is still happening. <laughs> anyway. You know what? Nor- you know what? Ned has really turned the Norb store around because he got some great fatherly advice from Bravestar. <laughs> I actually kind of like this. Can we make the Norb store... A facility on New Texas. On New Te- that's correct. Okay. Man, that explains a lot. <laughs> well, it explains what you needed to explain, which is why, you know, Ned isn't dead yet. No, he he struck it rich with a carrium deposit. Carrium deposit. It was in the uh, it was in the spider repository in the back uh, in, <laughs> in the former secretary office that he had to let go because funds were bad. Uh, I brought it back to sad. <laughs> ear of ear of the wolf, eye of the hawk ending of the podcast that's pretty good it's not <laughs> please one up that I, I will once we actually you know uh one up of the mario well well we have to uh we have to mention to everybody listen everyone thanks for tuning in hope you enjoyed it go watch brave star um if you feel like commenting upon either fantasia or leaving comment for the fourth annual cartoni awards what you can do is go to um our Facebook page, you can go to cartoncast.com or our group website, fancybat.com, leave a comment, leave a rating or review on iTunes. And more than anything else, please go ahead and tell your friends about the show. Mm. Maybe tell them to watch this, ep- listen to this episode. I feel like it was pretty good. Speaking of uh, Fancy Bat, I'm please. going to be on the uh, Cocktail Party Congress That's at right. some point pretty soon. Uh, although I guess we mentioned that in the previous episode. So. Mention it again. I'm going to mention it again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that'll that'll be around. It'll probably be out by the time this airs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Zane, do you want to tell people what kind of thing that you're going to talk with uh, our friend Dan Caves and uh, his friend uh, JD? Oh, JT? JT. JT. Oh, you know, freedom, religion, the freedom of religion. The freedom of fucking a horse. Freedom of... <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I think Crossing we cut the out streams. this whole last minute. <laughs> Crossing the streams there. Uh, yeah, it, we've it we've been be busy. We've been doing a lot of uh, cross-cultural podcasts lately. I'm really happy about it. Like we're not any more successful, but we are unsuccessful with more people. So <laughs> that's a sign of success. I, uh, it, yeah, true. True friends are where you find them. What? <laughs> that's a good moral, Brave Star. Thanks. Listen, we learned a lot today. We did. Uh, you know, uh, uh, endings aren't easy, but you grow your plans. I tell you now. what, endings aren't easy, but if you. Treat your you treat your soil right, and make sure it gets plenty of sunshine and a good smattering of elbow grease. You too could have the green thumb of the jolly green giant, which I believe is an animal. One of, 
<laughs> One I of haven't asked most Shaman about creatures. it specifically, but I think it's under tenure uh, in, in accordance with jungle law. I'll have to get back to you on that. <laughs> Do animals get tenure? Is this part of New Texas law? I don't know where tenure law? came in there. <laughs> what was I thinking about? I'm pretty sure all of this is unusable. <laughs> we, should, we should stop. Good night. <laughs>